Turn in your Bible to that passage in Luke chapter 17. Many people know the story of the lepers, the ten lepers, and it's a lesson that is often used in connection to giving thanks. Nine of the lepers were healed and they just went on their way and only one of them returned to thank Jesus. And and that's predominantly the lesson that is uh, brought from that passage. But I think there may be some other lessons there that uh, might even have more significance. That certainly is a true lesson. And so what I'd like for us to do this morning is to look at this narrative and, and to see if there are some practical lessons that we can learn from the scripture reading that, that was just read to us. And if you have your Bible and you want to uh, keep your place here as we can look together at some passages, in, uh, by way of summary, the story itself, there are ten lepers. And as Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem, he comes down from Galilee and through Samaria, and as he's traveling south toward Jerusalem, he runs across ten lepers. Uh, the lepers stand at a distance because they're not allowed to have close contact with other people because of the contagious nature of their disease. And there were uh, communities of uh, colonies where these people would gather and, and live together. It would have been a terrible, terrible uh, thing to have been afflicted with. A slow death in many cases. And I know that the, the term leprosy not always denotes uh, the, the kind of thing that, um, you know, where your fingers, your extremities will eventually decay and rot off and, and that kind of thing that takes your life. But it, it was a broader term to use to describe any kind of skin illness or ailment, things such as maybe in today's terms like eczema, uh, that kind of a thing would also be covered under that broad category of leprosy. But anyway, the, the, the bad part, if it were not bad enough that you have a disease that will, will eventually, your, your fingers and your toes and your nose or ears may just fall off after a certain period of decay, um, and eventually you lose your life because of it. If that weren't bad enough, but you lose your home, you lose your family. You become ostracized, and can you imagine being held at a distance from your own children and from your own spouse and never being able to embrace them again? Being able to not even live in the same house with your own family because you have this contagious disease and having to stand at a shouting distance to even communicate if any communication remained between those who you once knew as your good friends and family. These lepers are at a distance, and as they see Jesus walk by, they shout to Him. They can't just walk up to Him. They shout out to Him and ask for help, and they, they cry out that He would have mercy upon them. And so Jesus, when He saw them, he just simply said this, go show yourself to your, the, the priest. Now, why would they do that? Well, if you go back to the book of Leviticus, one of the practices, if you had some kind of a skin 
uh, thing going on, you would have to go show yourself to the priests, and they had certain ways to determine whether that was leprosy, something that needed to keep you away from other people, or if you could rejoin society. And, and you would show yourself to the priest, and they had kind of a checklist to go through and checking you out. And if they deemed that you were okay, then you could rejoin society. And so when Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, he was telling them to act as one who had been healed. What the text says, they all got up and they went their way. And as they were going, they were cleansed. And when one of the men looked down, apparently, and he saw that he had been cleansed of the leprosy that he had had, which had ostracized him from his society, from his family, friends, he returned to Jesus and he gave thanks. He fell on his face at his feet and he gave thanks. And one of the interesting commentaries is that he was a Samaritan. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Samaritan. It, it's, isn't it interesting that some of the, the best people that you have record of in the Bible, some of the most interesting stories, uh, they were not who you would expect them to be. It was the Samaritan who came back to give thanks. The one that the Jews looked down upon. It was the Samaritan who was the good and the kind person to stop along the side of the road and help this man have been beaten half to death. While the priest and the Levite go right on past and, and do nothing. This Samaritan returns to Jesus and gives thanks. And Jesus says... Were there not ten of you? Where are the other men? There's nine more that should be here giving me thanks. Where are they? And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Well, that's the story. We know the story probably. But now let's, let's see if we can just learn some practical application from that story. And the first thing that I would say is that we all have a deadly problem. And it's not a matter of a skin disease. It's a matter of a heart disease. We have all sinned. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10 that there is none righteous. No, not one. In Romans chapter 1, God condemns or Paul condemns the Gentiles of being guilty of sin. Chapter 2, he says, and don't get all haughty, you Jews. You're also just as guilty as they are. And then he just kind of sums it all up in chapter 3 by saying, we're all guilty. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans, 10, or, uh, Romans 3 and verse 23. The Bible also tells us in Romans 6 and verse 23 that the wages of sin is death. So because of your choice to sin at some point in your life, you have brought upon yourself spiritual death. And you can't change that. That by yourself is something that you have asked for and you will receive unless somebody intervenes. One who had leprosy was destined to die. It was a slow, painful, agonizing disease that eventually brings about death. And those who sin bring upon themselves a slow, painful death. You know, there is joy in sin and there's pleasure in sin, but it is short-lived. Long before many people ever leave this world, they have had their fill of sin. 
and they wish they never would have made the choices that they made. What looks so promising and so enjoyable, just given, given its legs, it produces so much pain and heartache and agony in life. People can't even enjoy it for a lifetime. It is oppressive and it brings about death. We all, just like those lepers, have a deadly problem of sin, and I can't fix it myself. Those lepers could not heal themselves. There was no cure. They needed help, and so do we. Another lesson that I learned from this passage is that we need to admit the problems that we have and and cry out for help. Listen, in life or death situations, decorum and, and etiquette, they go out the window, folks. Can you imagine life? Well, I'll tell you, we were at worship one Sunday. I was preaching at South Green. <clears throat> and everybody's nice and polite and respectful and listening. While, but someone in the balcony fell over. He, his heart stopped beating. And um, you know what his wife did? She startled everybody and yelled with a loud voice, Someone help me! And uh, everybody turned around and saw there was an issue and two doctors ran up there and right there began giving him CPR and, and mouth-to-mouth and, and they, they revived him. But that's not the time for decorum, is it? When you're in a life or death situation, it's okay to scream out for help. And that's what these lepers do. What if they had not taken the initiative to yell? Here comes Jesus, and He's walking, but they're at arm's distance. He's way over there because I can't get close because I'm not supposed to. And, and there He goes. And I just hate to make a scene. You know, people look at me. And I'm already embarrassed because of the way I look. And it's a deforming uh, disease. And, and I don't want to draw attention to myself. And so there He goes, and He just keeps right on walking by. And, and I let him go because I didn't want to draw attention to myself. Foolish. How foolish would that be? And let me ask you a question. How many people do you think have known that they needed to come forward and receive prayers of the church or they needed to come forward and confess their faith in Christ to be baptized and they haven't because of that walk down an aisle? Because there are people watching them. And there may be people out there thinking, wonder what he did this past weekend. wonder what she did. Listen, folks, let me, let me let you in on a secret. There should be no shame in walking down this aisle confessing that you're a sinner, and it shouldn't be like everybody's going to think, I, you know what, let me tell you something. I already know you're a sinner. Um, the secret, that, that secret's out of the bag. has been for a long time. Everybody here, I know you're all sinners. I am too. And so you're not breaking any great news to us when you step out and say, I have some problems. I already know that. We all do. What you're saying when you step out is that I want to fix those problems. I want the collective prayers of this congregation of godly people to go up on my behalf. And and that's why I'm, I'm stepping out. It's not some great revelation to us that a person might have sin in their life. We all do. So don't let that hold you back. Listen, if you need to make your life right, make your life right. 
How many people in the day of judgment will stand before God unprepared because I was going to, but I was just, I didn't want to draw attention to myself. I was embarrassed. I thought people would think something or they might go home in their car and talk about me after church. Uh, Those things shouldn't make a bit of difference. These lepers are in a bad, bad way. And it doesn't bother them to holler out and say, Lord Jesus, save us. We need help. We need to have that same mindset. One, I may have told you this, but one of the stories of the conversion of my grandfather that is special to me is that when he, he was an older man in his 40s when he obeyed the gospel, later served as an elder before his death, but when he was 40 years old, he became interested and was in services and was convicted as the preacher preached on what a man ought to do to be saved. He didn't wait for the invitation. He got up right then, there, in the middle of the sermon and stepped forward and said, I need to be baptized for the remission of my sins. I'm lost. And they stopped the sermon and and baptized him at that moment. Uh, When you realize you have a need, fix it. Don't let the opportunity to pass you by. In James chapter 4 and verse 10, the Bible says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he'll lift you up. You humble yourself. Get rid of your pride. Let go of the pew. Don't worry about what other people think. And besides, what people think here when you respond to God's invitation is nothing judgmental. It's love and appreciation and support and joy. That's what's going through the minds of people. Don't let pride stand in your way of salvation. Those lepers didn't. And look what they received. They got their life back. And we can receive the same. Also, God's power is not given until we act in faith. I want you to think about that because that's an important point. You know, the lepers, what Jesus said to them is, go show yourself to the priest. And then the text says... That as they went on their way, they were healed. It didn't say that they were healed and then they went to go see the priest. They had to act and walk in faith. They had to at some point say, well, why am I going to the priest? I'm not even clean. What am I doing? They, they, They didn't do that. They acted. They moved even when they were still in that unclean state. God expects us to trust Him. I don't have all the answers and I don't get to see the conclusion at the beginning like God does all the time. Sometimes I just have to do what He says whether I understand it or not. These men were still lepers when they headed toward the priest. And maybe the question ran through their mind, why am I doing this? Because I'm still a, a, a leper. Nothing has changed. I'm supposed to go to the priest when I'm better. For him to declare me cleansed. But they trusted Jesus. They didn't allow that questioning, if they had it in their mind, to stop them. They did what he said. When he said go, they went, even though they hadn't been cleansed yet. And it reminds me of what God told Joshua in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 30. He said in in Joshua chapter 6, I've given you this city, Jericho. 
It's yours. But it wasn't possessed by them yet. They still had to march around the city walls. And after they had done that, that's when the walls fell. The Bible says that they, the walls of Jericho fell by faith when they encompassed it like they were instructed. God keeps His promises, but He demands that we act in faith. God will save us, but you have to you have to have a part in this too. You have to step out in faith and do what He says and act on... I, I hear so many people have some, you know, they, they balk at the idea of being baptized. I don't see why I have to be I don't get the connection between that. Why does getting my hair wet and getting completely underwater, why does that have to be a requisite to salvation? I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why either. But you know what I do understand? God said, do it. And until I act in faith and do what I don't even understand why God made that the way He did, but I know that He did, and so I act in faith, I I have faith in the operation of God that is taking place in those waters, that my sin is being removed from my flesh or or from my, my heart, my soul. I trust that. And He fulfills and keeps His end of the bargain. Another thing that I learned from this story is that God's power, or rather God expects to be thanked. And that's the the point that we often talk about. I think just as powerful is the faith of the lepers. Now, I know they weren't all very thankful, but they all trusted Jesus. Because even in their unclean state, they headed straight toward the priest. But one of the lessons we learn is God expects to be thanked. When, When they come back, Only the one leper comes back in Luke 17 and verse 17. Jesus said, were there not nine? Or were there not ten? Where where are the other nine? That indicates to me that there's an expectation of thanks. When I was a boy, my mom, whenever I was sent off somewhere, you know the last thing I heard before I left? You be sure and tell them thank you. And you know the first thing I heard when I got back? Did you tell them thank you? My mom wanted to make sure that I told them thank you for whatever it was. And that's good. And that's biblical. God expects thanksgiving. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, the Bible says, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. We're to do this continuously. We're to continuously give thanks to the name of God. Why? What's He done for me? Well, do you have all day? What has He done for us? How can we not give thanks to God for what He's done for us? God expects thanks. And when you see a child uh, of any age refuse to give thanks or just that that inability, that lack of training, and, and they don't give thanks, that's, a, that's an ugly quality in a child. But as ugly as it is in a child, I think it is heightened to the nth degree when I see it 
in an adult who should know better. God has done so much for us. Give Him thanks. And then finally, those who are closer to God are often those that we wouldn't think are close to God. Those who are closer to God may be those who we don't expect. And that's what we see again in this story. Ten lepers, one of them's a Samaritan, and it's the Samaritan, not the Jew, who comes back to thank God. And that can be replayed in other passages in Scripture. Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 10 through 14, there's two men who go down to pray. One is a Pharisee. I mean, they were the ultra-religious of Jesus' day. Those were the men who had it figured out. And they were practic- They were sticklers for the law of God and, and trying to do... There's he who goes down to pray. And then there's a publican. Thief. A tax collector. Somebody who, who is known or at least who have reputations for, for kind of sliding a little money off in their own pocket. And... They both pray, and Jesus says it's the, the tax collector who went home that day justified. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 26 that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God has made this gospel so, so simple and so common for Anybody And those who want to go on their own merits and who want to kind of button up their jacket and act like they've really done something big and accomplished, those are the ones that miss it. Because those who receive the gospel of Christ are those who can humble themselves and say, I'm, I'm not worthy. I, I haven't done anything to deserve this. I, at best, am a sinner trying to shed my life of those things that I know are wrong, but I continue to struggle with them. And if I'm saved, I am saved by the grace of God, not by my perfection, not by my good works. I'm saved because you are a God who has made provision for my imperfection. Those are the people who will be saved. So let me ask you a question as we go through some of these and as we bring this to a close. Let me ask you a question. If you were one of those lepers, would you have returned to thank Jesus? Would you have cried out in the first place? Or would that have been too embarrassing? I would hope that if we were in that situation and probably putting it in the realm of that physical, it wouldn't matter to us if people looked at us it's, it's a life or death matter, and we would have yelled. We would have cried out and asked for mercy if we knew that that man had the ability to do it. Well, let me ask you another question. If you're here today and you're afflicted with sin, do you have the courage to cry out to Jesus? Will you cry out to Him and turn to Him and throw yourself at His mercy and say, Will you please... Save me. And then will you do what he asked you to do to receive that? You see, when those lepers came to Jesus and cried out and said, Have mercy on me, Jesus said, Well, I will, but you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to go show yourself to the priest. 
as we extend the invitation this morning, and as you may find yourself in a situation where you need to cry out to Jesus and say, have mercy upon me, he will. But he'll tell you, if you haven't already done this, to turn from your sin and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sin. If you haven't done that, do that this morning. Don't let the fact that there are 300 people here watching keep you from doing what's right. This is life and death, folks. Let decorum and, and concern about what other people were thinking, just, just get rid of that. This is a matter of life and death, your eternal salvation. If you need to respond, I hope you'll respond and let God save you. If you're a child of God already, but maybe you haven't been as thankful. Maybe you need help to uh, be the kind of Christian that you ought to be, to show the appreciation, the thanks to God for what He's done for you. If that's your case, we'll pray with you to the end that you be stronger, more faithful, more determined to live for Him. If you need to respond, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.